much for joining us. This is Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. I'm a clinical psychologist, leadership consultant, and a really big fan of you getting to fulfill your life purpose. I want you to get unstuck and unlock your potential relationally, emotionally, spiritually, and vocationally. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Shannon Crawford with 7M Culture, and we are back with an incredible episode with a dear friend of mine. I met her through hashtag 3W Summit, the World Women's Wholeness Summit, and Actually, we have a lot of men that join us for that as well, because it's incredible. Um, Allison Cartwright is a part of a family mogul business enterprise of helping business people, innovators, um, developers, people with a patent idea, how to get that from conception all the way into store and selling the product product and market development and all the ways to protect people in that journey and process. So I am honored to have a very personal dear friend of mine. We have vacationed Florida together and she's a Florida girl. And she's going to just share a bit about the business that she is a part of and the vision to help you walk in the fullness of your kingdom assignment. Amen. Well, thank you, Shannon. And thank you for this honor. It's a privilege to be on here and to talk about how God wants to move in your business and, yes. and change the world. So the mm -hmm. seven M's, I love that. It's so appropriate. And so, like you said, I'm Allison Cartwright. I'm a native Floridian. We are very rare. <laughs> and um, I work in a family business. I work with my father, Tom Cartwright. I am the oldest of his eight children. And uh, some brothers busy. have come. Yeah. <laughs> Two, two mothers, but one, one dad <laughs> with the eight kids. Um, but some brothers have come and gone three of them. One is actually now starting to work with us again on a new project, but a couple brothers have come and gone, but I've been here the longest and, uh, God knew what he was doing when he put us together because we make a fantastic team. We are similar. We're similar in a lot of respects. I'd say I'm more like him than I am my mother, but we also are different, especially in the business sense in which he is the big picture, the inventor, the concept guy. Like he loves tinkering in his garage and inventing things and coming up with ideas and helping people. And that's not my thing. I'm the business, the numbers, the, okay, you want that now, how are we going to do it? And so we really are a team that God has put together. And so we have been in, well, my grandfather was an entrepreneur, my father an entrepreneur, and I guess I am as well then. Um, so we've been in product development, like you said, from an idea from concept to completion. And I'll just show you what, what's behind me is a wall of ceiling fan blades. We made a lot of ceiling fan blades back in the mid two, uh, 2000s, and we still do make some now. But our number one, one of our number one sellers was the Antigua ceiling fan that was sold at Home Depot for many, many years. You probably would recognize this. Yeah, Everybody usually actually. does. It's, and it's actually, we now um, sell it to, or license it to a company that sells it in Lowe's. So it's at Lowe's now, not necessarily oh, under a different name. Mm. But uh, so that was, that's one of our most recognized, but we've been in many different industries from pool tables to furniture, to medical products, latex gloves, uh, bathing systems, electronics, lighting, you name it, we have probably been in that industry. And 
usually when people develop a product, they just stay in that one arena and keep going. But we, we have hopped around and I must add that God has really brought us to the pinnacle of each of the industries that we've been in. Our products have revolutionized and been like with our pool tables, one, yes, with our pool tables, uh, Jim Senegal, the, the one-time CEO of Costco, I believe, was like, we have a Thomas Aaron billiard table. Why do we need to carry anything else? It's the best. Oh and gosh. so God has just brought favor with all the products that we've, we've revolutionized. But we've gone to so many different industries because we realized now these years that God wanted us to have all this different experience so that we could then help people who have ideas in different areas. And what we came to realize was no matter what type of product you have, whether it is a bathing system or it's a formulation or it's a stapler, no matter what idea and kind of with businesses too, mm -hmm. there's five similar stages that they all go through, which we can talk about later. Yeah. But um, so we now have started InventShine. We also still are manufacturing and product development. Mm -hmm. We have a, a system we're trying to get into lighting manufacturers right now, ceiling fan manufacturers that we're working on. Um, but additionally, we started InventShine because we we wanted to create um, courses and kind of, a, we like to call it idea insurance. You know, you don't just start building a house by taking, oh, I, I think I have some bricks here and here's a couple windows and I'll just start building over there and I'll put the, the roof on first. You know, you have to really have a blueprint and make a plan and so that's what we want to help people with ideas because we've really just seen people get ripped off left and right. You know, anytime someone finds out, oh, you have patents, oh, you've manufactured product, you sell to the, all these big box stores. I have an idea. Where do I, how do I start? What do I do? And so we really have put those down for people so that they can get to a point where it's a go or no go. Like, is this what God has for me and wants me to move forward in? And this is the time and he's confirmed it. Or maybe it needs to be tweaked. Maybe it's not the time. Maybe it's a different idea. Maybe it's something else altogether. Yeah. So we really just want to help people before they step out and spend money, say like three to $5,000 getting a patent, you need to consider all these other areas first or before you make a prototype. And so that's really where our heart is right now is to help people because, and I'll get into the seven M's is because the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, right? Yes. We need to be in these last days as the church mm -hmm. rising up and succeeding in every area we're mm -hmm. in. And a, a, some of us are in business, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of us are in business yeah. and e economy, and we need to be having those resources and wealth come in so that we can fund the move mm -hmm. of the kingdom of God in these yeah. end days. Like evil is increasing mm -hmm. and we, the church with light, with our finances need to rise up. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Any. So, oh my gosh, my mind is all over the place. I'm so excited about everything you've talked about. So first <laughs> I'm hearing the importance of being with the right team. So yes. you can be in a liability team or you can be in a maximizing team. Can you speak a little bit to what you've seen? Um, and you don't have to share personal details, but um, of teams that are really gelling well together versus teams you've seen that it's, it's kind of destructive or unhealthy or toxic. Right. So I think the, the purpose, the main mission, the goal needs to be established with teams mm -hmm. because people tend to interpret things their own way. Yeah. And you can have one goal and someone interprets it this way and the same goal, someone interprets it another way. Mm -hmm. And so just, I like, I tell everyone, put it in writing, mm -hmm. put it in writing. Like 
make sure the goals and what you're going to do, how you're going to accomplish it is communicated clearly through written emails, texts. My father loves to just talk to me on the phone and talk, talk, talk. And then I'm like, okay, do you think you could write that down? Or you could you, you know, email that to me so that we make sure that it gets done or I try and send him lists. <laughs> Even when you're talking and you're emailing to people, you need to make sure that all the team is on the same page, right? So I know that sounds kind of basic, but you'd be surprised how many people don't do it and don't write things down. And then, you know, they come to later, oh, oh, I was supposed to do that, you know? So I guess that's not really a team answered question, but that's one of the things I've found. And also why we have our courses where you write things down because you need to be able to look back and be accountable to yourself and not forget because if you have other people involved in that as a team, I feel like that makes a good team successful as opposed to not. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I think you're touching on something that's so key that he is more the visionary in the big picture. And you're probably more the administrative and the S on the Myers-Briggs, the detail and the executive yeah. and all of those uh, fine details. And I identify with more of the big picture and I feel it and I resonate and I want to hand it to somebody. I don't want to write it down. I don't want to write the vision and make it plain and like have to do a mission statement. I just want this romantic dream to just become yeah. a reality somehow. And then I want to move on to my next idea. And so that is a quirk in a lot of personalities. And it's actually yeah. caused me to sometimes be ineffective in team relationships because I'm not as considerate of somebody else has to carry that. I need to make sure that it's actionable. I need to make sure it's written down. I need to know that there's deadlines and there's practical things that they can follow behind. And I've worked with with some uh, people that work for a corporation and the CEO is so visionary uh, that he's got a little bit of ADHD going on. And so the more administrative people are working and doing the task and he'll pivot mid project and they never get to finish anything. They're like, I worked so hard and it never materializes into an actual end product of anything. And so that's something to be aware of if you're the visionary person, but also maybe more the attention to detail person. So for him to be able to to communicate, here's my vision. And you're saying, Hey, I need you to do it in this way that makes that handoff smoother. And then we're not dropping things in the gap. Um, has that always been an easy conversation between more the visionary and more the practical executor person? Um, not always an easy conversation, but a necessary one. Yes. Uh, I mentioned that, you know, I have one brother who's come in and he's an engineer. And so he's helping us with the, the lighting project that we're working on. Oh. And he is very good with the details, but it also depends on how long people have been in business. Yeah. Some, I think sometimes I'll, you know, tweak things that he does via email wise or be like, that was an important document. You need to make sure you put it at the bottom of that. Please confirm yes. receipt, you know, replying, let me know that you got that. Mm -hmm. But in other ways, he's excellent. Like we were on a call yesterday, actually, a Zoom meeting, and this guy was rattling off all these to-dos and I was jotting everything down and my brother did not. But then later that night, he sent an email through, which had all the points. And I was like, wow, he, he just remembered that. <laughs> Whereas I, I guess I have so many things going on. I have to write it down. So it also depends on your personality mm -hmm. and, you know, how easy it is. Like for me, I was... Yeah. I'm flabbergasted when I don't see people taking notes when you're having a meeting like that just 
Yes. And sometimes they remember and sometimes they don't. And so yeah. you really just have to, this is where you really have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, especially in business yeah. on, do I press this point? Do I push this mm-hmm. or do I let it slide? I have learned, I used to really be bothered by things easier in business. And as I've gotten older and had more experience, I'm just kind of like, Lord, this is your company. This is your direction, your vision. I cannot change everyone. I can only do so much. And so you kind of have to sometimes put that into God's hands because I cannot change people only the Holy spirit can. Mm -hmm. And so if there's a certain situation where that's happening again and again in business, I mean, this is practical everyday stuff Mm -hmm. that you know, you deal with people on a daily basis in the business world. And sometimes you just have to commit it to prayer because there's nothing else you can do. You've tried everything and you can't live in frustration. Yeah. Um, And I think especially a big part of this, because I just feel like so many people are either in the wrong team uh, so for instance, my grandpa was a huge innovator. He would have just pictures or dreams come to mind of a product and a, a brand new innovation, but he was married to somebody who thought he was dumb and it was a waste of time. And mm-hmm. so the discouragement of that, he never actioned on any of those visions that the Lord gave him. And it would be like five years down the road. And he would talk to my dad and be like, man, God gave me that. And now it's a real product. And I didn't act on that because I didn't have the support, the encouragement, somebody to kind of help with that. So when my dad married my mom, they had a conversation early on. um, And not that all teams have to be family members, (laughs) but for them, it happened to be, they were in the back bedroom of their in-laws. They were broke and they're like, we got to do something. And so my mom was really good administratively. And my dad's really good at big picture. And with, you know, maybe some dyslexia and all that kind of stuff, he wasn't really good at the administrative. And if he didn't have the right teammate to action on those items, then it would have continued to just kind of be a nice dream that never materialized. And so my mom would say she was the legs to his dreams to try to be that team to, you know, bring flight to those visions. And they ended up actually being a really productive team, but it's really sad that either people are in the wrong team or they try to do it themselves because maybe perfectionism or fear, uh, fear of somebody stealing my idea, or I can't trust Mm -hmm. anybody when really the Lord genuinely, you know, he tends to work in teams, even in the disciples. He said, it's better that two walk together. If one fall, the other one can pick us back up and you two get a better result or income than just one person working by themselves. And I'd say, even for me, I've tried to hire people and I've just hired anybody. And that was a bad idea. So I worked with a dear friend who is an HR manager at a large corporation. And she said, well, what are you actually wanting? And she helped me put into words, oh, I want an activator implementer. I don't want an admin that's going to go, what do you want me to do next? I'm like, that's going to take too much to manage you and me. (laughs) I need you to act on something and innovate and, you know, research and come back with ideas. And that's stimulating for me. So I think it's so key the way that God organically brought you and your dad together. Cause I've, you know, obviously as friends, we've had conversations about the differences in your personality, but you've chosen not to be offended at each other or frustrated at those differences, but to see them as strengths that complement one another. And what has that been like for you guys maybe in moments to like, oh, okay, we're different. And I'm going to roll with that, that maybe other people listening can grow on how to be a good team with people with differences. It's definitely a lot of patience and Mm -hmm. trying to understand where the other person is coming from. Because I think when I was younger, I just 
did whatever he said, you know, I started working for him in my early twenties. And so, um, you know, I just did whatever didn't bother me. I did whatever was required, but then, you know, in the recent years, I am more mature. He's more mature. And sometimes I see things that I want to do this way and he wants to do them that way. Uh And I just, I'm better about this now. Like I said, I just have to submit it to the Lord and, you know, bite my tongue and just say, okay, he's the head, he's the president. I'm going to let it, we're going to go this way. And if it doesn't work out, well, God, you'll just, he'll learn his lesson or, you know, what have you. Um, so it's just a lot of patience and really putting yourself in the other person's shoes. What is the pressure Mm -hmm. he's feeling? What is, you know, what is he under? Because when you put yourself in that mindset, it does make you think, better about that person. I was just listening to actually a marriage uh, little podcast the other day. And they were talking about spouses, you know, when your spouse is starting to aggravate you and irritate you, Mm -hmm. you really should start thinking about all the things you love about them. So if Mm -hmm. you have a coworker or someone who does that, you need to start thinking about the things that they're good at, you know, what position they're in, because Mm -hmm. we all are in difficult positions and we all have pressures that everyone doesn't know about. And so just really understanding and having that mindset. And then I also wanted to mention, you talked about team. A lot of the product development in business is done through connections. And ultimately that's part of a greater team mm-hmm. because say you, like we've had clients that have had an idea and you know they, they, they needed to go to the next step, like a, an AutoCAD design, like a computer graphic. And turns out the guy's next door neighbor is a graphic artist. And he's like, oh, if you ever need anything, you know, let me know. And so God, God arranges people in our lives, in our business Mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. Also everywhere, you know, God doesn't look at, oh, just your Christian life here and your work life here and your family life here. No, they're all submitted to God and God moves in all of them and God makes connections in all of them. So in the business is really where we're trying to push people. Um, God makes those connections for, for financing, for samples, for a connection to someone who knows somebody who made that same thing, you know, God, it, it's just miraculous. I mean, the guy we're working with on our new project with the lighting, a gentleman came to our church who used to live in Seattle, who like is a venture capitalist. He like raises money. That's what he does. And so he was like the, just the fit we needed. Cause we're more like manufacturing and product based and we haven't really started a new project in this way before. And so he was like the answer to prayer that we needed. God brought him to our church. So you always have to be looking and expecting God to answer your prayers for that team that you need. Like you might not have the team that you need. And you're like, God, I need someone who's like this. My father loves to tell the story of when we were doing our pool tables. He, I don't know, he had heard of preachers tell a story about just, he wrote down specifically what he wanted on a card and he, and God answered it. And so my dad went and said, Allison, put an ad in the paper. Say, I need a, I want an engineer that has just recently retired and he's not looking for a lot of money. And he lives like five minutes, you know, a few minutes away. And he used to work at a pool table factory and he has nothing to do because he's retired. Like, that's what I want. And so I put the ad in the paper. We get a call from this guy. He used to live in New Jersey, worked at Brunswick pool table factory. He's retired. He lives down here. He's a few minutes away. He just wants something to do. And he knew everything. So like God answered that prayer to the detail. So be bold, ask God, if you need a team, you need people to fill a void in your business, your arena, God supplies every need. 
Love it. So I love, love, love that you pulled out that theme that for many of you listening, you may be looking at the idea God's given you, but not know how to act on it. And so one, look at the people and the events and the things already in your sphere of influence, which if we back up before that often means you have to be faithful where you're already planted. So they're already in business. They're already saying yes to the assignment in front of them. They're going to church. They're active in their community. They're asking specifically for what they want. Um, and we're showing up at things and then trusting that God will divinely connect us. So for anybody out there who's discouraged, I feel like there might be some people listening who maybe you have a dream in your heart and something you're passionate about, but it just feels like it's just nothing's happening. Sometimes that might be because the Lord's inviting you to step out in that first step of faith. So whether that's putting an ad in the newspaper or doing something that's kind of like putting your foot in the water before the water parts and then trusting him to give you a clear path ahead where there appears to be no path. And that can include reaching out to people and connecting. What I don't recommend is trying to reach out with the purpose of using somebody. Yeah. Um, that can be very off-putting if you're like, hey, I have an ask of you first thing. But if instead you're saying, hey, how can I serve you? Is there anything I can do to connect you or to you know, just bless your life? Not to manipulate and use you, but to genuinely serve the greater good of the body of Christ. And when you sow that good seed in someone else's life and in their ministry, in their business, then you're more likely to start reaping a harvest that you never expected would have come yeah. into your life that you don't have to work for because you've been sowing in the hidden place of faithfulness. That's good. That's good. I love that, uh, you know, the blessing is on us. It's not on the company. It's not on the product, right? It's yeah. not on whatever you're doing. The, mm -hmm. the blessing is on you. So wherever you're moving, when you're sowing into other people, you're, yes. you know, you're being a blessing to them. God loves that. God wants us to become like him, you know, it's not just doing things for him. It's becoming like him. Yeah. And yeah, was it Abraham when he moved mm -hmm. the wells were everywhere, you know, people, then the, the enemies came and kicked him off and he had to move oh. somewhere else mm -hmm. and dig another well. And then that was mm -hmm. fertile and prosperous. So, you know, we can't, we can't get at that mindset of, Oh, it's the economy or, or, yeah. Oh, this, or, Oh, this administration or that. Mm -hmm. No matter who is in charge, no matter what laws are passed in the land, no matter what the economy is doing, if That's the right. economy is tanking, as Christian business people, yeah. we need to be believing that God is going to bless us and increase us and succeed yeah. and that we're going to succeed in everything we do, regardless of the circumstances, right? That is our covenant promise, our Abrahamic covenant promise with God. And so it's really just the mindset, you know, it's not just about church. It's about applying that we are his vessels and in every area, especially in the business economic mm -hmm. factor. Absolutely. And I think you're tapping on mindsets that are so critical, especially for somebody who has a lot of big dreams, but then practically speaking, looking around at their life, and maybe they don't have the right connections and they don't know how to get a million dollar backing capital to start a new venture or whatever it might be. What do yeah. you think are some practical mindsets people can be practicing now so that they have that faith and that courage and confidence to go forward when God does open the right doors? Well, you have to start somewhere, right? We have to call those things that be not as though they are. We have mm -hmm. to start moving in the direction of, I have this idea. 
I have the funding. Yeah. Okay. So if someone showed up at your door tomorrow with a hundred thousand dollars to give you for that idea, are you ready? Have you done your research? Do you know how it needs to be made? Do you know what you need to put the money towards? Is it for a patent? Mm -hmm. Is it for a prototype? Is it to do some research to see what's, you know, what's out there that's similar that you're competing with? Mm -hmm. You need to have a plan. And so you have to start somewhere. You can't just be like, oh, I have this idea and I need God to bring me money so I can do it. No, you have to start taking a step and stepping out because when you do that, like you said, you put your foot in the water, the money will come. The people will come. The connections will come. We've seen it time and time again in our business. You know, we have not just Mm -hmm. had money our whole lives. We've had money and then not had money and had nothing and had to trust God to bring us back up again. And he is faithful. If you're putting him first and diligently obeying where he's leading you every day in your business, Mm -hmm. in those ideas and stepping out, God will show up. And that's really why we designed what we call the, the launch pad analysis. It's so people can evaluate their ideas on their own mm-hmm. without having to, there's other companies out there who are like, Oh, you have a great idea. Give us $5,000. We'll do a marketing report for you. You know, you have, mm-hmm. and they're going to tell you it's a great idea. I want you to know that. So in our launch pad analysis, you we give you like an NDA because you shouldn't be disclosing your idea to people without first having them sign that. You know, we have you compare the competition to see what else is out there. Mm-hmm. We have you do what we call a peer review because you might think it's a great idea. Every inventor thinks their idea is perfect for their business in yeah. their own mind, but yet you might go to some trusted people and they'll say, Hey, maybe you need to tweak this or change that, or mm-hmm. they'll improve it somehow. I mean, the, lots of people have improved our ideas. And so we just, we give you these like steps to go through so that at the end, you kind of know whether you should move forward with it, whether you're going to spend more money on it. And those are practical, actionable steps. Those are something that we've done in developing products. You have Mm -hmm. to go through all those stages, no matter what you're making. You can't just be like, oh, I have an idea for this. Let's, let's go make it. Or Mm -hmm. there's, there's steps. There's when you bake a cake, you have to follow the, the recipe, use the right proportions, use the correct tools to have a success. You know, if you put a cake in the oven and take it out after five minutes, do you have success? No, you have to, you have to follow everything in the right order. There's a reason. Mm -hmm. And so for people that are unsure of what they're supposed to do, especially if they have an idea, because that's the arena we're in, we really want you to evaluate your idea on your own. You don't have to spend a lot of money, like just evaluate it and figure out some basics. And then you're going to know yes or no, if I should move forward. Cause that, that can be a scary thing. We, everybody we talk to, everyone has an idea. Shark tank is popular. Elevator pitch is popular. You know, yeah. all these, um, what are those things called? Uh, the, the like angel investors. Yes. Like the GoFundMes. you know, everybody, the ring doorbell guy, he started a, a, a GoFundMe account. Mm-hmm. I think at one point to rank, rank and rain, what am I, uh, raise, right? I was with my niece rain today. So I <laughs> to raise money. So make it I rain. Mean, <laughs> rain. Um, so yeah, you, you can't be afraid of fear. I mean, Thomas Edison, how many times did he mess up before he invented the light bulb? Uh, the ex-president of um, IBM said, if you want to succeed double your, if you want to succeed faster or something, double your failure rate. You know, we're all going to fail. There's no problem in failing. It's getting up and trying again and trying something different and trying something new or trying, uh, you know, 
anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh, I was just having a conversation with a a friend who is also an entrepreneur. And she was saying, I was curious what it was like growing up in Shannon's home because your parents were entrepreneurs your whole life. We were always in business. I didn't know my parents not as running multi different business projects. Right. And so uh, one thing I thought back of is how my dad would always say, I can't believe that I can't do it. Like, I can't imagine not being able to do it. And um, if you're not falling, you're not getting better. And so like failure was really celebrated in my home. I remember coming home and I got a C on a report card and my parents like, that's okay. Are you trying your best? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to tutoring. And they're like, okay, we love you. Not because of your grades. We just know you're trying your best. And then I came home with an A and I was puffed up. Like I am finally getting an A because school was always really hard for me. And so they were like, okay, are you trying your best? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, okay, well, we love you the same as the C or the A. And it was just like, whoa, I now felt this intrinsic motivation that I want to do well because it felt good, not because I was wanting this approver or this outside success to confirm who I am. And just little things like that of growing up with a mindset of entrepreneurialism that sometimes you're going to fail and sometimes you're going to do great and you can't put your self-esteem and your trust in God based on that. You're just doing the best that you can. You're showing up and you're letting your failures teach you and using those um, Ryan Holiday has a book, The Obstacle is the Way, and how you can see the step up of the obstacles actually perhaps giving you a platform where everybody else would turn back at that point in that juncture. And you instead are saying, I'm going to lean into this. And so just the other day, I found myself kind of emotionally shut down when something gets really hard. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that, especially if it's admin, because it's not romantic to a big visionary dreamer person. And so I was like, Lord, I repent of that. I repent of how I've wanted things to come easy and I need to really rejoice in the hard things. And I felt like, because I haven't had an administrative assistant, which you would think this girl needs one based on all of my strengths and weaknesses, but he said, you're in CEO training. So of course I will have a larger team in the future, but right now he was really wanting me to start leaning into those areas that like, as a kid, my mom would try to teach me administrative skills and just even bookkeeping or finance or filing. And I'd be like, I don't want to listen. I don't have to do that. And, uh, for anybody out there, (laughs) the Lord does not allow that to be your staying spot, right? He will grow you beyond that. And what he'll often do is continue to put you in a situation until you finally resolve that and grow up out of that dynamic. For instance, some of you may have a hard time with authority figures, So odds are good. You're going to be placed under really terrible leadership until you finally work out that quirk, that character issue, that mindset of saying, I choose to submit to my authority as unto God, even if like David submitting under Saul uh, saying, even if that person is a terrible leader, I need to pass this test. I need to grow up. I need to no longer keep staying stuck. And I just feel strongly, there's some of you listening right now that God has given you dreams. He's given you vision. There's something on your life, but you're stuck because of either mindsets or habits or giving up when it's easy or when it's not easy. Uh, You're getting offended in your relationships. You're not submitting to authority in your life. And it's not about the person. It's not about the job that you're in. It's about how faithful can I be so that I am a vessel. The scripture talks about there's vessels that are for common use. And then there's those that get to be used for exceptional use. 
And if you want to be somebody who really goes to the pinnacle of your mountain, that means all along the way, he's given you the dream like Joseph, but now you're going to go valley and hill and obstacle and terrible job situation and no job situation. And you're going to be growing up and maturing so that he can build in you the substance and fortitude so that you're unshakable. You have hinds feet to stand on the high places with the Lord in a position of great influence and not use it to build your own kingdom, but to use that influence, that financial wealth, that position of uh, influence of people, nations, regions, finance, corporation, whatever that is, there are many people who will be influenced by your type of leadership. So many of us, again, we have the vision, the dream of where we're going, but we're not necessarily aware of what kind of leadership I would provide for people. Am I greedy? Am I confused? Am I selfish? Am I disorganized? Um, am I not wanting to do the hard thing and just kind of drop it and go on to the next thing and romanticizing ideas? Each of those would be really frustrating. And that start stop, you would lose a lot of your potential good team members and not be a part of this bigger, larger your family and unit that God's creating around you, like uh, Aaron and her who lift up Moses's arms in the middle of battle, that there is this connection and community. And so I don't know, maybe one day I'll invent something and God's already put Allison in my life as a friend because God will use those kingdom connections. So Allison, if somebody was listening, what would you inspire them with to say, Hey, it's going to be worth it. There really is a good at the end of that process. In business, you mean specifically, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, God puts the desires in our heart. God puts us where he places us. Like I didn't think I'd be my whole life in business, but <clears throat> excuse me, here I am. And it has been an interesting journey. I look back and think, oh, you know, when I was a kid, I loved watching Mr. Rogers. I loved watching Mm -hmm. how things were made. They always went these little tours with Mr. McFeely to like, how is toothpaste made? How are books made? And that always fascinated me. And here I am years later making things. And I'm always fascinated how things are built. And so God gives you those gifts and talents and desires. You know, if you see a problem and you have a solution to something, you really want to be going in the area where you see a need to fix, right? That's what God made us for. We all, we're not getting paid to work. We're getting paid to solve problems, right? You get paid to solve a problem at your job, whatever that problem is, there's many different kinds. Mm -hmm. And so just trust in the fact that you want God to lead you and guide you where he wants you, you know, Mm -hmm. are you happy in that job? Does he want you to be moving somewhere else? Mm -hmm. Or are you, do you really need to look at God and find out why do you have me here? I need you to make it clear to me. Mm -hmm. What is my purpose here? Obviously your purpose there is to shine the light of Jesus and to, to make money for the kingdom of God, but to become like Christ, like you said, in every area, that's where Mm -hmm. he's changing us. And he uses all these situations. If you have a problem with authority. You're like you said, you're going to have, you're going to deal with people who are awful. (laughs) You're going to, you're going to have to learn to even finally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so just continue on trusting, asking God to lead you and guide you every day in your business, in the direction, because he knows we, he knows so much more. I mean, we aren't even an inkling of our wisdom to what God knows and has planned. And so just as you commit each day, what you're doing at your office, your business, your purpose to him, 
he's going to open the door and lead you and speak to you and show you and confirm and give you new ideas and give you, you know, what it is that you need. Mm -hmm. If you need something, ask him. He just wants us to have a relationship to talk to him, to ask him, not just to sulk about it and never ask him about it. He says, you have not because you ask not. Yes. So be bold with that ask, be bold with it. You know, you need something, you want something, you desire something. Yeah. And you have to spend that time in prayer listening too. Like you're going to ask him for things but make sure you're setting aside time to listen. That was something I really learned over the past 10 years or so is that it's not just about, you know, we hear about prayer time, prayer time, and that's talking, talking, prayers, talking, but you really need to listen. Mm-hmm. You got to spend that time listening. You know, people get ideas in the shower, right? You're, it's because you're quiet. You're not thinking about anything else. Your mind is still so if you want ideas, if you want new things from God, you have to take that quiet time to listen and he'll speak, but you got to make sure that you're listening. So good. So good. And I think in an overstimulated world, it's easy to get uh, overwhelmed and we don't even realize that we're doing these popcorn prayers and we would never do a relationship with a spouse or a best friend that way, that we're not stopping and being still. And I love the idea of showering, I mean, showering in general is a good idea, (laughs) but to actually be still during that time or going on a walk or driving in your car, um, being in nature, there's just lots of moments that you can still your mind because again, the Holy spirit is a still small voice. He's not the loud. He's not the overwhelming. He's not going to budge his way in. He really wants to be prioritized. And so when you're just still and quiet. And sometimes for me as an extrovert, I'll write my prayers and I'll write normal in my, when I'm writing and then I'll be still. And then I'll start writing in capital letters when I feel like it's the Lord's response. And that has been huge for me because sometimes I'm still, and I'm like, I still got nothing, (laughs) still no response, right? One, he may not just, he may talk to you in a different way or in the future or in a situation or through a person. Uh, But secondly, sometimes I have to act in faith. And as an extrovert, I am more outside of me versus inside of me. So I found just writing out and it's by faith, believing that that voice, that's still subtle. um, And I make sure that it aligns with scripture. It's nothing new age or weird. It's just kind of writing back what I think he's saying back to me. And it's been really fun to see the way that that will bless my life, but also other people. Like he'll prepare me with an idea and you're also going to meet this person and you're going to share this with them. Because again, so much of business is actually the human relationships. There are people that you're around who would never go to a church, who would never even want to be around a Christian, right? But you could be that normal, healthy, fun, intelligent person who gives them a different example of what a Christian looks like or what God could be like, and that there's kindness and there's love. And so when you're walking in the fruit of the spirit, because you've been in his presence, people are going to ask about the hope that lies within and why are you different? And uh, we have family friends that have gone through bankruptcy and no fault of their own. The economy just banked for everybody. And all these other men going through bankruptcy, watching our family friend going, how are you not having panic attacks? Like, how are you okay? You're losing everything just like we are. And he said, cause this life isn't my hope. I still have promises in scripture that God's going to take care of me, even in the midst of this. And so a lot of business people, very affluent men who never, ever would have gone to a church in California, 
um, they ended up accepting Jesus because of a businessman, not a pastor and a preacher and evangelist, a businessman who was excellent with a good reputation, who walked with the fruit of the spirit through some of the easiest times, wealthy times, but also the leanest, most dark times. And yet he still kept Christ at the center. And then many people. And so now today he's exponentially wealthy, ridiculous wealthy. Obviously God brought it all back, but it was a point of him to kill pride, control, surrender, all of these things that the Lord was just fine tuning and polishing in him at the same time, the world was watching and he could have been vicious, ugly, uh, you know, gripey and complainy. And they would have been like, yeah, brother, yeah, us too, blah, blah, blah. And he would have had no light in that sphere of influence, but because he walked in the spirit and not in the flesh, he was able to lead many people to Christ through that. And so I'm excited. If you're listening to this, I believe there's a call, there's an unctioning, there's something stirring inside of you. And if you do have a product, this is not in any way meant to be a commercial, but I do know Allison personally, and she's my dear friend. And so if you need a launch place, a safe place where you're not going to be taken advantage of, uh, they're not just out trying to exploit you for money, but they are really kingdom minded. Minded. And they want to bless you. They want to make sure that your product is viable, that it's economically going to be a prosperous idea and not something that you're midstream finding out, oh, there's like six of those already and it's kind of saturated and that would not be productive. Uh, they want to have your back. There's a lot of people who even unfortunately who call themselves Christians who may not have very good character and the best intentions. So personally, I can vouch uh, for the Cartwright family uh, that they want to walk with you in that process. So again, this is not a commercial. You don't have to connect with them, but if that's something that is stirring in your heart, that may be a good first step. You know, like we talked about putting your foot in the water, that may be a good first place to kind of step out in faith and say, Hey Lord, is that something you'd like to me, like me to do? And then secondly, I also want to highlight the importance of mentors. When I have launched into a new thing, usually the Lord has already kind of put people in my life and it just requires me to ask, would you mentor me in this? You've already kind of gone ahead and I know you're busy and I don't want to take from you. Um, but I also don't want to reinvent the wheel if it's just something that I could glean and learn and we could be on the same page. And if there's anything I can do to serve you back, I would be honored to do so. Uh, we don't want to be takers, right? We want to be able to be very reciprocal in our relationships, but look around. What are the connections? Like Allison said, people who may already be in your community, in your church, in your friend circle, um, or just reaching out on Instagram and saying, hey, blah, 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 you know? Like the way that I met all of the women at 3W Summit is because Dr. Barbara met me on Instagram and was like, hey girl, you're a spirit-filled psychologist doing the same thing, like let's be friends. And I'm like, let's be friends. And so now all these connections and fun relationships have opened because of her reaching out to somebody and forming these friendships and we don't know what those are gonna be. So Allison, is there any last things that you would say to just honor and bless and pray for these people who maybe have some dreams in their heart? Absolutely. God is the idea giver. He created this heaven, this earth, this, this beautiful planet that we live on. He created each individual person. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's springtime now the flowers are blooming everywhere. And I'm always just so amazed. We don't get very many here down in South Florida, <laughs> but, um, when I do see some, it's just gorgeous. God mm -hmm. is a creator. God is um, the idea maker. And so if you have an idea 
or you want an idea, ask God, just pray about it. Like yes. I said, ask him for that, to increase your creativity, to in increase your ideas, to give you the boldness or the finances to step out and take that first step. Mm -hmm. We will do it for you. Yeah. You just have to say, okay, God, this is what you want for me. I'm going to do it. My, I, my life is yours. It is not you know, our lives are not our own. Yeah. It, they're really, if you're a Christian and surrender to the Lord, you want what he wants. And so if he's given you an idea, just step out and do it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to try a few times. We've all done it. We have all done it. You are not alone. It is not a big deal. I mean, yeah. oh, I could tell you some stories. So um, <laughs> can I, can I just pray for the yes, audience? Right including right. me. Yes. yes. Amen. <laughs> All right, Father, I thank you for everyone listening to this audio prayer going out across around the world. Father mm -hmm. God, I thank you for each person that is listening. Yeah. Father, creators, business people, men and women who you have given this creative stirring, this creative unction. That is a gift, Father. Not everybody has it. I don't have it <laughs> and I don't want it, but there are people that do have it and they do want it like Shannon and my father, Lord. I know there are people out there listening right now yeah. that have creative ideas that want to step out. And so Lord, I thank you for giving them boldness I thank you for giving them. Thank you for putting the connections in their life. Father God, I thank you, Holy ghost, that you would just speak mm -hmm. to them clearly that they would know your peace, that they would move forward in those directions. I thank you, father, that once they have that knowing and that understanding that when they do face an obstacle, father, that they, they are not moved. They are not shaken. They are not swayed when the storm comes because they have this firm foundation of knowing that this is your direction and your call for their life, Father God. So I just thank you for stirring that up, stirring that knowing, that desire to just know in everybody listening and watching, Father, because you won't lead us astray. Mm -hmm. You have better days ahead for us, Father God. You work all things together for our good, even our failures. Yeah. And so I just thank you for each person, Lord. I thank you for just opening doors, for putting the connections in their life, Father God, for, for increasing them so that they can in turn increase your kingdom, Father God, because really that's why we're put into this world. We're put to make money and have ideas is to change the people we come in contact with yeah. Lord and with our finances to fund the gospel, to have lives changed around the world, Father. And so you're the God of creativity. You're the God of ideas. And so I just thank you for just pouring out boldness in those areas for everybody watching. And for those people who maybe aren't super creative and who are just faithful in their jobs, Lord, I thank you for just giving them. Okay. I take that back. People who have creative ideas in accounting, maybe you're in accounting, maybe you're a hairdresser. Mm -hmm. You might just find a new way to do hair that everybody yes. loves. It doesn't have to be an idea that you're going to patent. I thank you, Father, for pouring creative ideas into every, every task, every job that anyone who is listening is doing, Father. And we just give you all the praise and glory for the lives that are going to be changed through people stepping out with your bold creativity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. <laughs> That's awesome, friend. Thank you. You're and thank welcome. you everybody for watching this episode of 7M Culture with Dr. Shannon Crawford and Allison Cartwright. And we will have links below if you do want to connect with her and that business. And we are excited for you. Please be sure to subscribe and hit that little bell so you can get notifications when we have our next episode. We love you and we'll see you next time. Bye guys. 
Hey friends, thanks for listening. We would love for you to get plugged in with the Unlock You community. So follow the links below and stay up to date with upcoming content, events, and groups. We are here to invest in you and tailor episodes around your interests. Post comments, and hey, if there are any specific topics you'd like to hear about, let us know so we can strategically build content that is meaningful to you. And will you share this podcast so we can invest into more amazing people? Be sure to hit subscribe so we can see you for the next episode.